Hello and welcome to Centre Stage, the podcast of the International Centre for Women Playwrights, a virtual non-profit organisation dedicated to supporting women playwrights around the world. This series celebrates the work of members by showcasing excerpts of their work, followed by an interview where we can hear about their ideas and sometimes their process. I'm Jenny Monday, and in this episode of Centre Stage, we have Joanna Pickering reading from her play, Beach Break. Joanna is an actor and writer, and one of our members now living in the United States. To begin with, we have Joanna reading from the play, Beach Break. Joanna's work is copyright, and if you're interested in performing this or any other of her plays, you can contact her through womenplaywrights.org or her website, www.joannapickeringalloneword.com. Here is Joanna reading. Layla, 23, is being questioned by two detectives, Jose, 50s, Hispanic, older cop, and Baltus, 30s, white. The situation is that Layla took a trip with a girlfriend to a renowned party island to escape some problems at home. Something happened at a fiesta leading to serious repercussions. This is the day after at the police station. Just a language and topic warning. There is some strong language in the excerpt and it does deal with a difficult topic. If you think you might be affected by strong language or the topic of sexual assault, please don't continue with the podcast. Joanna gives the name of each character before they speak. Layla. This guy, he, he took my arm and he led me. Jose, where exactly? Layla, he led me to the fields where all the trucks were. Baltus, and at no point did you think that was strange, that something was amiss? Layla, it was a fiesta in a field, that's what it was. There were people around. Jose, those people, Layla, all say they saw you climb into that truck. You weren't dragged, you weren't screaming. Layla, I never said I was. Baltus, you admit you climbed in yourself. Layla, I thought it was a porter toilet. Isn't that what fiestas use? He opened the back door, he pulled down some steps. Baltus, explain how you mistake the back of a truck for a toilet. Layla, he indicated that he'd wait outside. I I stopped, but he did a jerk of his head to go in and then he moved aside and turned away. So, Baltus, you were dragged into the back of a truck by a jerk of his neck. Layla, I didn't say I was dragged into the truck. I was attacked once inside the truck. Jose, after you climbed up willingly. Layla, yes, I went up. I mean, that's how people go to the toilet at a fiesta. I didn't think it was strange. It was a misjudgment. It it was stupid. Baltus, I think we can wrap this up. Layla, you don't think I want to go back to that exact moment and rethink it. Baltus, I'd like to get to the moment where there's an unreported dead body in your motel in your care. Layla, I'd like to get to the point I get an attorney, but you keep telling me it'll take 72 hours to get them onto this island. Jose, okay, both of you calm down. Layla, what happened once you were in the truck? And this shit coffee is now cold shit coffee. Baltus, answer the question. Layla, no chance of a fresh cup then. It was too late. Jose, what was too late? Layla, it was real dark. 
I squinted my eyes to see the toilet maybe at the back, but it was pitch black. I, I saw nothing. And slowly my eyes adjusted and that's when I saw there wasn't a toilet and my senses sharpened immediately. I, I knew then I could smell the danger. It was in my sweat and my nostrils like vinegar. I knew everything was wrong. Jose, what was wrong? Layla, I turned and the man had climbed in behind me. He was binding the door handle with rope and the darkness became more visible. I, I could see a shape. Something was moving in front of me. There was someone else in the truck. Jose, there were two men. Layla, yes. Baltus, you didn't see that when you climbed in. Layla, I didn't see anything properly. Jose, and then what? Layla, I was pulled forward and then I was on the floor and then I was raped. Jose, can you tell us about the sexual activity? Layla, it wasn't sexual activity. It was sexual assault. It was rape. Jose, okay, I hear you, but I need to know how it happened. We want to help you, Layla. Layla, no, I think you just want all the details so you can both sit there with hard dicks too. Baltus, remember where you are. Jose, Layla, I know it's difficult, but Layla, you don't know shit about it. When was the last time a man forced you into the ground with his body weight? Jose, is that what happened? Baltus, would it be easier to tell us the last time you willingly participated in a threesome? Layla, what did you say? Baltus, should I repeat the question? Layla, seriously, is this for... Jose, could you go and see if pathology have finished their report? Baltus, another hour. Jose, check it won't be delayed. Baltus, before I go, why don't you tell my partner here how many condoms you had on, the, on your person the night of the attack? Layla, what? Baltus, you had a pack of three condoms in your bag, correct? Layla, none of them were used. Baltus, two of them were used. Layla, that's not true. What has this got to do with it? Baltus, it helps us establish the intent of someone who on that night went out purposely for casual sex as you have done every night here. Jose, okay, get that report. You need any water, some tissues? I want an attorney. Now we have a short interview with Joanna. And I started with the question, would you please tell me a little bit about the play Beach Break? Beach Break is about two girls that go away on holiday and um, they're in a motel. They've spent all their money. They've partied. They've taken drugs. Um, it appears they've had a wild time. And at the end of Act One, um, we, we start to discover that something terrible has happened for, and they're starting to blame each other. And um, it becomes apparent that they've possibly been attacked um, but their so attackers have accused them of, of trying to mug. Um, so there's, there's a question of whether they're going to be believed. And the scene that, that we hear now is, is when they start to be interrogated. Um, and the play goes on without, without spoiling too much. It's quite intense and it's quite real-time interrogation. Um, and it's rather than a who did it, it's more like who do you believe um, and it becomes quite grueling. I don't let the audience off the hook, um, which I understand is, you know, it's a play about rape 
um, and almost the non-credible victim. And I, I really um, try to put us all through being in that interrogation room. And on the stage, it's set up so there is there's interrogation room A and there's interrogation room B with the two girls. And what's happening, without spoiling too much, is that the officers are swapping and they're literally playing everyone off each other and so maybe other girls and you just don't know and there's been enough backstory that you know these girls are really not believable if you you know the rest of the play you've been led in you might even be on the on the detective side um and it's it's been beach break has been in a numerous amount of workshops it's uh it was originally with primitive grace theater as a short play and the short play um won some awards and then the wonderful Amanda Moresco director and writer and um, with Bobby Moresco I took it to their gym and she stepped in as director and they really encouraged me to make it a full play which is what I did um, and whenever it's been in workshops it's really interesting because a lot of male people have seen a different play to the females and it will go into a debate and it's incredible. It's just like people aren't necessarily seeing the same thing. And that's exactly what I was, was trying to do in the tension. So what happens after is, is I don't want to reveal cause that's the big mystery. Um, but it, it goes from then it, it gets, it gets quite brutal. Um, at some points I was like, is this a bit much? And just when I was panicking that I, you know, maybe this project shouldn't go forward or, who wants to sit through an hour rape interrogation, you know? Actually, there was a very similar case happen in Cyprus. So similar, actually made my play look quite tame. Um, and that changed, I think, some legal rule for foreigners abroad, for girls going abroad to protect them on it. it that was like the message to me. No, 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 we can handle this on stage. This We need to see this. Um, so I kept going. And I think also at the time that the submissions were happening, I'd actually just been shooting a movie, which was, you know, a great, fabulous experience. And I'd been playing the victim of rape and it was a male writer and director. And as I say, the experience was was wonderful. Um, but when I got the script, I think there was some sort of um, sense that the storyline wasn't possibly strong enough um, reading it as a female Um and I think there was this subconscious sense that I could write this better. I could, I, not better, I could write my story as a female um, and, and that it was important. And this, this happened, I came back from the shoot and then it was submission time and, and, I, and that's why I think also I went there. And it's ironic because when the film um, went through post-production, the rape had been described in flashbacks and actually it was one of the first things they cut out was this female rape story. Um, so I had picked up, um, you know, just how important it is for a female to be telling that story um, to make it significant. And I think that was sort of going on at the time with the submissions and I just kind of went there it's, it's a strange place to go but yeah that's that's where I went um you know and it's great at the moment to be seeing shows on Netflix and you know the Oscar nominations and so forth that are covering these themes now as well this was for me it was 2018 when I went into this sort of material um so so it's great all around that you know not to say that men can't be writing these stories but it's very important to have females telling these stories Joanna, what actually led you to write the play? Um, I joined 
a wonderful theatre company, a very small theatre company led by Paul Calderon and David Zayas. Um, and I was invited as an actress, which was a dream. And I'd always been writing creative writing, but not really playing with story and structure to be a, a concrete um, story. Um, but I'd always been enjoying writing and they, you know, they were having submissions and calling for writers. And I just thought it was literally a, a, a impulsive thing. And I, I wrote the short one act in about 12 hours and submitted it and it was picked. Um, and I don't know why I went there. It was, a, it was a trip that I really took where thankfully nothing bad happened to me, but I saw enough to have the acorns of truth. Um, so at one point she's dragged into a truck or rather she goes into a truck um, and she's, they, 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 they block the door and that, that happened, but I, I managed to sort myself out, but it was just enough. And the trip in itself was quite wild when I was young. I always knew there was material there to use. So when I was like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just try and write a one act play. It's the first place I went, this crazy holiday I had when I was like 22. And luckily I, I, I did not have that experience, which a lot of people think I did from writing this. I actually didn't, um, but I saw enough to know how vulnerable um, people were in that situation. So I went straight there for the drama and it, and it got picked by the theater. And then it, it as a one act play, it won awards got many um, fellowship scholarships and then the encouragement to make it into a full play. I, I see that on your website that you have written other plays. Is that the process that you go for the dramatic moment first or how do you go about writing a play? I, I think I need to learn that to really try and work out what story I'm going to tell next and I will start doing that now that, you know, I've proved that I can write. I'm still very new to this. Um, but for me, it's quite shamanistic. I sit down and just something happens. And then I look at what I have and I either bin it or I'm like, oh, this is something. Let's let's start bringing actors in and let's hearing hear this being read and then start to rewrite. Um, I've now got what I call the Pickering Index, which is, you know, ideas that I do know from. I traveled a lot in, when I was younger. I've, I've lived all over the world from from kind of Morocco to South America, Sweden, south of France. I've got this wonderful hybrid of, of different lives and, you know, you know, one month being penniless, the next month, you know, being the opposite. So I've always known that the stories to be told and it was the writing was just exploring how to tell them. So now I have an index of, of maybe which story I'll, I'll tell next. Um, but they, they always end up being quite strong female characters and um, and sort of power dynamics. I, I seem to end up writing power dynamics. And so what is the future for Beach Break? Well, that's a great question because it had a great future up until COVID. So um, Amanda Moresco and Bobby Moresco um, were, were um, advising. It was in development with them at the Actors Gym. And I think we started rehearsals with brilliant actresses, Whitney Andrews and Jamie Van Dyke, um, for, for maybe four days. And then COVID hit. And I was very fortunate that the League of Professional Theatre Women, of which I'm a, a member, they showcased um, some of three of my plays over Zoom in October and we got to, you know, it was on Zoom, but it's still, you know, whatever you think of Zoom, it's really starting to work to get to get things out there. And it was also awarded a scholarship um, through Rockaberti Writers, which is a, a writing um, program to mentor with HBO's Kelly Edwards, who's the vice president. And that was to make it into a series, a mini series, nothing greenlit, all mentorship. 
Um, but that was its future, sort of taking it maybe to a mini series. Um, maybe I was thinking maybe four parts for it, um, just because it has that sort of mystery element of, of rather, as I said before, who not who did it, like who is telling the truth, but it holds that same sort of mystery to it. Coming from the actor into playwriting, do you perform your own work? That's 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 like the golden question to me because I did the very first time in this play as a one act, I performed Layla and um, it was a disaster. I had a wonderful director. He was male and probably didn't get the material as much as say someone like Amanda, but he, you know, he did a fantastic job. And just in that sort of not understanding, you know, the, the sensitivity of assault, um, when we were doing rewrites, I was still performing and I was on stage and I couldn't swap hats. And it was the first time I thought it would be easier to perform in my own work because I've written it. So I thought like all the preparation work would be done and I would just stand up on stage and it would be effortless. It's the complete opposite. It's so difficult. And I now know it's possible, you know, but you have to swap hats. So you have to go from writing, okay, this is locked, this is done. I am now going to be the actress and do your own method or, or however you come about creating a character and, and do the work fresh as an actress. And I actually had such a bad experience. It was the first time I've experienced stage fright in my life. And it, it was awful. I would never, ever want that to happen to anyone. So after that play, I, I was like, I'll never act in my own work again. But I, I'm through that. And it, it really, you know, you learn the hard way. And it, it taught me that it's two separate skills. So you're a writer, then you have to lock it down. And then you have to really go to work again as the actress. It's twice as much work. Um, but yeah, but other than that, the two skills lend quite nicely. So an actor makes a great writer because you can write, you can write in character. Um, so it is quite a fluid thing, but I just had to learn that lesson. And with regard to the topic, because, you know, I mean, it is, as you said, I mean, it could be harrowing for an audience. What kind of responses have you had from audiences? Um, actually, it's, it's, you know, I'm not a known writer. And I can safely say already that um, it's fulfilled all my expectation. When I've put scenes up, um, female colleagues and peers have come to me and they have thanked me for writing it in a way that they haven't seen before in film or media um, or on stage and thanking me for addressing the material in this way through such a female lens. Um, but strangely, as I was saying earlier, I, I've also had men come up to me and also thank me for not, um, you know, I, although I, I don't want to let the audience off the hook, I, I'm not preaching about anything. It's for them to decide. So equally, um, there's no good, bad side to it. So representing men powerfully um, and fairly also in this sort of feminist lens that I'm trying to write. Um, so not judging any of my characters. And obviously I have to be really careful with the male characters that I'm doing that. And I have to pay more attention to that. And it's not as easy, but I'm aware to do that. And overall, when I get it right, um, male colleagues will come up and be like you know thank you for not just blaming us for this and I've had some I've had some men come up to me and say oh thank you that it's the girls that are in the wrong like just people aren't quite sure what's going on until near the end 
And and so what's um, next in the future for you then? Well, um, I just got my vaccine. I got my first shot, <laughs> which has really made me feel that the future is open. Um, so I recommend everyone go, goes to get their shot. And I just finished my first pilot for television. It's a double pilot. It's about a female journalist in 1930s. Um, it's based actually on a true forgotten feminist. And she wrote about 54 novels and not many people have heard of her. And I stumbled across her and knew a while back that I was going to try and tell her story. Um, and I did that and I just completed it. I just sent it to my um, one of my peers who is the director of Downton Abbey and Marvel and he read it and he loved it. I mean, I, I was terrified. I've never written a screenplay as into a finished product to this extent, ready to go. And I, I just actually got an email before we did this interview that, that he thought it was very strong. So that will go to three arts. Um, I've been writing other one act plays that people are responding to. And also very last week, I'm now a published playwright, which is, you know, for that to happen in the pandemic, uh, Jean Cato at ne uh, Next Stage Press offered me a contract to publish three, three one act plays, um, which is the dream. And that happened as a female playwright in the pandemic to be published is just awesome. So so that's where I am. And, and who knows what the future holds? That was Joanna Pickering, who met me via Zoom for that interview. Joanna is one of our members um, living in the United States. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Hopefully there'll be more coming soon.